Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinnie Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened a Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Our topic today is going to be sowing seeds. Let's begin in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, beginning in the first verse, it says, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap, as thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so, thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that or whether they both shall be alike good. Truly the light is sweet, and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. Two months ago, we studied the day of darkness. We saw in that episode why we are currently living in this day of darkness, and what the day of darkness looks like. Today, we're going to continue on and see what God's will is for us during these dark days that we are living in. During these days, we must continue to sow seeds and cast our bread upon the water. We need to remember that we are laborers in the fields of the Lord. It is our job to sow seed. We cannot expect to see a harvest if seed is not first sown. Our role of sowing seeds is crucial to the harvest and we can't take this role lightly. The harvest will come, and it will be great if we stay diligent. During the day of darkness, the difference between us as the people of God and those in the world becomes even more stark. The difference arises from how we respond to the day of darkness. People in the world respond with despair, while the people of God respond with hope. True eternal hope always distinguishes the Christian from those around him. We are commanded to hope. 1 Peter 1 and 13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We are not only commanded to hope, but to hope until the very end. Hope defines us as Christians. It sets us apart from others. Other people notice our hope because it stands out so clearly against the despair that the world has to offer. 
1 Peter 3.15 tells us, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. When people see that we have hope, they may ask us why we are hopeful, which provides us with a great opportunity to tell them about the Lord and the unique hope that we have that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Hope is not natural. It's spiritual. Hope goes beyond expectation. Most of what the world calls hope is really just expectation of some degree. Real, genuine hope is inward. It's within our spirit. It's part of who we are. It's an indelible mark of our character. Since hope is within us, and it's a part of us, it's always there, no matter what's going on in the environment around us. True hope doesn't waver and fluctuate. It remains constant. Hope is crucial for us to understand. Because when it comes to sowing seed, hope is our foundation. It's our hope that continually drives us to sow seed. Because we place our hope in the knowledge that the seeds that we plant will produce in due time. If we didn't have hope, we would never sow. This is what despair does. It causes people to not sow because they see no point. They think it won't make any difference. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, beginning in the first verse, says, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor, which he taketh under the sun? One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, tiver they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. People living in despair adhere to this mindset. Verse 2 says, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. People with the vanity of vanities mindset don't sow. Because as they see it, even if they did and it produced, it still wouldn't mean anything. All is vanity. This is a very dangerous mindset to adhere to. Far too many Christians fall prey to this ideology. They forsake the path of hope for the path of despair, and subsequently no seeds are planted, no fruit is produced, and the kingdom is not advanced. This is why, as the people of God, we must guard our hearts and our minds so that we can stay in the path of hope and away from the deceit and the lies of the enemy. The devil is always looking to steal our hope, but we must stay steadfast in our hope, and we do this through our communion with God, our talking to Him and our hearing from Him, and through our study of Scripture. Our hope is in Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, who is Himself the Word of God personified. The closer we get to Jesus, the more steadfast our hope will be. Since hope is the foundation that drives us to sow seed, we then need to take a closer look at what it means to sow seed and what that looks like on a practical level. Sowing seed can take on 
many different meanings based on what context that we find it in. Although there are many meanings, we are going to focus on free today. The free types of seed that we need to look at are the Word of God, prayer, and giving. They are all very important aspects of our walk with Christ, and it will produce an even greater harvest if we know what we're sowing, why we're sowing, and how to sow these seeds. The more we sow, the greater the harvest will be. Let's first look at giving as seed. Giving is one of the main ways that we demonstrate the love that is within us. Acts 20 and 35 says, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Our giving is an investment into the kingdom of God. People in the world invest in order to get a return. When we as the people of God give, it's an investment and we in turn get a return. Only our return is a hundredfold return, a continuous and never-ending return. Although the return does come, that should never be the motivation behind our giving. Our motive for giving should always be our love, our love for God and our love for others. We should desire to give because every time that we give, we are seizing the opportunity given to us by God to be a blessing in the lives of others. People remember when they are given something. Many times people won't remember what you say to them, but they will remember what you have given them. It always leaves a lasting impact in a person's mind and heart. When we plant seed through giving, it's important that we stay steadfast and don't give up. We don't always know what seed will produce and prosper. A simple gift given in obedience in the will of God can change a person's life for all of eternity. Ecclesiastes 11.6 says, In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. We can't get caught up in external circumstances. Many times when it comes to giving to others, people don't want to give because they're afraid that the person might buy something that they shouldn't with the money. This is possible, but it's also possible that we could be wrong and they plan on using it for something good. This is the wrong approach to take. Luke 6 and 30 says, Give to every man that asketh of thee. We don't know the person's heart. When we give to someone, even though that person becomes the beneficiary of our gift, it's really between us and God. After we give a gift and we've blessed someone, we've done the right thing. Our job is done. We've blessed them. Then what happens afterwards is between them and God. If they want to take that blessing and turn it into a curse, that's on them. You've already done your part and did what God told you to do. When we give, it's imperative that we give in faith. Faith in God, not in other people. If we're always anxious about what someone will do with our gift, then we're putting our faith in that person instead of in God. People who do this are looking for reasons why not to give. Ecclesiastes 11 and 4 says, He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. This is the mindset that people have. But this mindset will never bring a harvest. When we give, it doesn't always have to be money, although that tends to be the most common expression of it. Sometimes we can give time, or food, or clothes, 
or anything else that people need or want. The more we give, the more we want to give. It's a chain reaction. The key is that once we start sowing by giving, we need to keep going. Galatians 6 and 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The phrase well-doing in Greek is the word poieo, which according to Strauss' concordance has many different meanings, one of which is to give. We are commanded to keep giving because that is how we will reap a great harvest. Second, we need to look at the word of God as seed. Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 8. In Luke, chapter 8, beginning in the fourth verse, it says, And when much people were gathered together, and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it, and choked it. And other fell on good ground, and sprang up, and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that have ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. The key verse in this chapter is verse 11, which says the seed is the word of God. We need to plant the seed of the word of God in the lives of others and in our own lives. This goes beyond natural giving. This is spiritual. When a person is given the word, it goes beyond the mind and the intellect, and it goes into their spirit, their innermost being. We should desire to give the word out of our love and our compassion for others. Sometimes when we plant this seed in others, it won't always fall on good ground. Many times the devil will quickly steal the word out of their hearts and out of their memory. But even though it may seem like he succeeds in this for the moment, he may steal the seed, but he will never be able to steal the fruit that the seed produces. Others may seem to accept what we say, but won't give full control of their lives to the Lord. And others will put no value on the word that we give them and go back to the ways of the world and fall back into bondage. Then there are those who will hear and truly let it produce a hundredfold in their lives. We must keep sowing because we never know who will be the one who produces a hundredfold. We should never get discouraged if we feel like people aren't listening to the word that we're giving them. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. 
This is a great promise from God that we need to claim in faith on behalf of those who we are giving the word to. We should always be ready and willing to give the word when the opportunity presents itself. We also need to plant seeds of the word in our own lives. We need to devote time and energy to study the scriptures. If we continue to read and study and allow the word to go down into our spirit, it will produce a hundredfold return in our lives. Psalm 1 verses 1 through 2 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. There may come a day when we need a scripture, and we will be able to reap because we sowed in the past. John 14.26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. We can't remember something that we never knew. This is why we need to plant the word of God in our own lives. We will need to reap from it later on. We need to be steadfast and stay instant in season and out of season. If we give the word to ourselves and others, we will reap the fruit and the rewards throughout all of eternity. Thirdly, we need to look at prayer as seed. Prayer is our most powerful asset as Christians. God always hears our prayers, whether we think he does or not. Our prayer time is when we communicate with God. Many people stop praying because they feel like their prayers aren't being answered. We have to understand that many times the answer will be yes, but sometimes it may be no. There are only three answers to prayer, and they are yes, no, or wait. God only answers prayers that are in his will, and he answers according to his will. We can't become discouraged or stop praying if we feel like some of our prayers weren't answered exactly the way that we wanted or expected. We need to pray without ceasing, and the way that we do this is by pressing forward in faith, praying no matter what the answer may be that we receive. Many people also stop praying when they see everything going on in the world around them. They observe the wind, and they don't sow. They think their prayer will never make any difference, so they don't even try. This is part of the despair vanity of vanities mindset. This is why it is so crucial that our seed sowing is done in hope. The good sower, the good laborer in the fields of the Lord's harvest, sows before the storm, during it, and after it, because his hope sustains him through it all. Our prayers produce results whether we realize them or not, which is why they are seed. We are told to pray without ceasing because we're not sure which will prosper and which will produce a hundredfold return. The more we sow, the more we will reap. Prayers work. It requires exertion, but we must stay steadfast no matter what. Romans 12 and 12 says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. In many other versions of the Bible, instant is translated as devoted to. The Greek word used here for the phrase instant in is proskaterio, which means to attend constantly, to persist, to persevere in, to continue steadfast in. Strong's concordance goes further and says it means to continue to do something with intense effort, with the possible implication of despite difficulty to devote oneself to, 
to keep on, to persist in. Since prayer is our most important asset, it's also our most important job. We must also keep devoting time to praying in tongues, because when we do, the Holy Spirit will direct our prayers and direct our seeds as He executes His will. When we stay faithful, we will see fruit manifest and a great harvest come. We need to devote time and energy to prayer, and if we don't have time, we need to make it. Nothing is more important. One of the most powerful ministries in the world is the intercessor and the prayer warrior. We can't underestimate these special calls from God. We also can't forget praise and worship when we pray. This is when we are most intimate with God. And when the windows of heaven open, we must keep sowing. So as we continue living through these dark days that we're now in, we need to continue sowing seeds by giving and spreading the word of God and by our prayers. We need to sow in hope. We can never allow despair to gain a foothold in our lives. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 tells us, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. We need to sow as much as we can while we have the chance. Many in the world today are doing the opposite of what we are called to do. They are sowing the wrong things and in turn reaping the wrong things. Hosea 8 and 7 says, For they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. It hath no stock, the bud shall yield no meal. If so be it yield, the stranger shall swallow it up. We, on the other hand, as the people of God, are sowing right. And if we stay faithful, we will reap right. We are preparing ourselves for the harvest of the Lord. Hosea 10 and 12 says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your foul ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, till he come and rain righteousness upon you. We've been faithful in sowing seeds. We're taking the time and the effort. That's why we're here listening today. But our job now is to pray that the Lord sends the great harvest, so that we can see the fruit manifested, and we can reap in mercy and reap in righteousness. There will come a day when these days of darkness will be over and the harvest will be upon us and all the seeds that we sow now in hope and in faith, we will reap then. We need to stay faithful and stay hopeful and we need to keep planting seeds because we know that with God, the best is yet to come. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you that even in the midst of this day of darkness that we now are consumed in, Lord God, that you are not going to leave us here, that you are going to bring us out into victory, and that all the seeds that you are directing us to plant now, that we sow in hope and in faith, that you are going to allow the fruit to manifest and to grow and to produce a hundredfold, continuous, never-ending return. And Lord, we thank you that this is your will, that you want to prosper and bring abundance to your people. Lord, we thank you that you are such a good and a faithful and a trustworthy God. And we thank you for your promises, and we claim them in faith. And we claim the fruit that is to be produced by the work that we are doing now. And Lord, we thank you, we worship you, Lord, and we, we love you, Lord. We give you all the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to sow seeds and hope and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. 
You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. Now, if you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. And if you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you would write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.